Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. When were the... What school's up? Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. Hi, I'm WBEZ reporter Monica Eng. And I've worked in Chicago journalism for a few decades now. Early in my newspaper career, I got into a pickle with a powerful editor. So I turned to a veteran reporter pal for advice. Well, first off, he says, who's your Chinaman? My like, what? That's the first time I heard this piece of Chicago slang. And it struck me as weird, archaic, maybe even racist. But soon I learned it meant your sponsor, your protector in the newsroom, sometimes the guy who got you your job. But the term goes well beyond journalism around here. It's used by cops, politicos, and other folks with city jobs. That's where questioner Johnny McGuire first heard it. I had a couple friends who used to work for the city, and they had heard the term tossed around but had no idea where the appropriation came from. Specifically, why was the term Chinaman used and not something more sort of appropriate to the city's ethnic history like Irishman? Thanks, Johnny. You've handed us a real mystery. I mean, I looked in history books and even 150 years of Chicago Tribunes and found bupkis. But then I talked to some old-timers, veteran cops, politicos, and history buffs. From these guys, I gleaned three really fascinating theories. And then I turned to Chicago's top historian to choose the most likely. Before we dive into those theories, I just want to acknowledge, right here at the top that a lot of people find this word offensive, hurtful. I promise we are going to talk about racism in the word just later in the piece. So first off, I want to stress, the use of Chinaman may be waning, but it's still around. Check out this clip from October 2016. This is from Chicago Tonight, where political candidate Diane Shapiro was talking about problems in the Cook County courts. We knew which promotions were going to come depending on who's Chinaman they they had. It's still ongoing. Okay, so where did it come from? I got my first theory from veteran journalist and political consultant Don Rose. He said Chinaman was in common usage when he hit the political scene in the late 40s. And he's only heard one origin story. It has to do with the proximity of two key neighborhoods. Bridgeport was the seat of political power, the home of mayors galore going back to the 30s, I guess. And Chinatown is almost adjacent to Bridgeport. And they just didn't want to say, I've got a Bridgeporter. That would be indiscreet. So they said, I've got a Chinaman, as a wink-wink allusion to their sponsor who lived in Bridgeport next door. So that was theory one, the Bridgeport theory. Theory two comes from retired police lieutenant Bob Angone. 
He joined the force in 1965, and he said cops had their own thoughts on where the term came from. Their word, Chinaman, came from the 1962 movie, The Manchurian Candidate, where Red Chinese captured Americans and they brainwashed them. And then at the snap of a finger, they had to uh, perform the way the Chinaman in Manchuria wanted them to. Brain is not only being washed, as they say, it has been dry clean. <laughs> That's theory two, a movie where Chinese people have special powers to control American troops. It led to the use of Chinamen to describe a powerful and controlling sponsor. And remember, we're going to hit the race part of this soon. Our third and final theory comes from retired Chicago bartender and history buff Phil Weisnick. It's based on Chicago's infamous vote-buying alderman, Michael Hinkydink Kenna. A century ago, he ran the first ward, which at the time included Chicago's first Chinatown, located in the Loop. And right there, in the middle of the old Chinatown, the powerful alderman, Hinkydink Kenna, owned a famous bar called the Workingmen's Exchange. And he used it to exchange jobs, beer, free lunches for votes. Lots of votes. Here's Weisnick. So, I mean, it dawned on me then when I saw that, that that's where that had to start from. Because the first ward alderman in Chicago had to be what is known as the heaviest guy in town. You know, if you got a heavy clout, you know, like the first ward alderman, you're going to get a plum job. And so I think that is where the term Chinaman came from, because his ward office was in that saloon in what was then Chicago's Chinatown. So the logic here is that since Hinky Dink handed out jobs and favors in the middle of what was then Chinatown, folks just started calling him, or a guy like him, a Chinaman. That's theory three. I should note that none of these stories come with documentation. They're all just theories passed from one guy to another. And so how do we know which of the three theories is real? We turn to this guy. I am Tim Samuelson. I am the cultural historian for the city of Chicago. Turns out Samuelson's been thinking about the same question for many years. But it was something where I never had a good excuse to dig into it. Thanks to our questioner, Johnny, we did. And we told Samuelson all three theories we found in the process. So which did he think was the most credible? Theory three, the hinky-dink hypothesis. That has some historical oomph behind it, uh, to use a technical historian's term, that hinky-dink Kenna, who was the great deal-maker and fixer of Chicago aldermanic history and his partner, Bathhouse John, were headquartered right in the center of what was the old Chinatown. But I'm going to give Manchurian Kenna something that may have given it a whole new life. How's that for an evasive answer in a good political tradition? It's actually a great political answer. But even though we've looked at the history of the question, I'm still left wondering something. Like, is this term racist? Should we stop using it? These are much tougher questions, especially for a half-Chinese lady like me, who had her own Chinaman. His name was Roger Ebert, and he got me my first job at the Chicago Sun-Times 32 years ago. Long story, but it's all to say I'm a Chinese person, guilty of using the practice and the term, meaning I'm as confused as anyone. So I talked to Diane Shapiro, the candidate who used it on TV in 2016. She says it's not racist because no one ever associated Chinamen with Chinese people. Nobody ever thought of it as being anything other than 
the person who was responsible for being able to help you find employment. But then I heard this story from retired Lieutenant Bob Angone. It's about a Chinaman-themed retirement party for a Chicago police commander, a guy who soared through the ranks because of a powerful sponsor. So in the middle of the commander's speech, Angone recalls... The back door opened up, and all of a sudden, this great big guy, about six foot four, with a Fu Manchu and the old Chinese robe and everything, you know, he looked like a Chinese ruler. And he walked in like real slow. And all of a sudden, the guy standing next to the commander grabs the microphone and he says, and now, ladies and gentlemen, y'all wanted to meet Bill's Chinaman. Well, here he is. He's coming up to the stage. Okay. So here it clearly was connected to Chinese people. What was I supposed to make of that? I went to talk to some fellow Chinese about it folks in politics and journalism, where it's used more regularly. To get the Politico's perspective, I met up for dim sum with this guy. Gene Lee, born and raised in Chinatown, retired from the city of Chicago. As a former deputy chief of staff to Mayor Richard M. Daley, Lee was one of the highest-ranking Chinese guys to hit Chicago politics. And he tells me he was warned about the Chinaman thing when he started in the 70s. Who warned him? Yet another powerful first ward alderman, Fred Rohde. This is Gene, I just want to give you a heads up. You should not take it personally when you hear the term Chinaman. They're not referring to you specifically, but it is used in political circles in reference to who is your clout, who is your juice. With this prep, Lee said he was never much offended by the word Chinaman. Plus, he said Rody went out of his way to avoid using it around him. Which, it's telling. Think about it. If an alderman who went to jail for extortion was sensitive enough to avoid using the term Chinaman, at least around Chinese people, could it be he thought it might be offensive? Next, I turn to another Chinese-American veteran of Chicago journalism. There aren't a ton of us. Her name is Linda Yu, and she was a Chicago TV anchor for more than 40 years. But she grew up in California, and being from somewhere else gave her a different context for the word Chinaman. Growing up on the West Coast, the term was seen as a very, very, very derogatory term. Plus, she explains it wasn't something neutral like Englishmen. Instead, it emerged in the late 1800s during a time of deep racism and persecution against Chinese was often used to describe anybody who was Asian, as if you all look alike. Linda Yu knows that the Chicago use isn't directly referring to Chinese people. But she says its casual usage here still kind of stings. She notes that we've stopped using words like coolie and oriental in most circles. And so my hope is that more and more um, that the term has gone away. So maybe she's right. Maybe as tolerance for the patronage system that spawned the term starts to fade, it's time for Chinamen to fade too. Reporting on this story came from me, Monica Eng, with help from Catherine Nagasawa. Support for Curious City comes from the Conant Family Foundation. Twenty years ago, Chicago designated a six-block stretch of Halstead Street as Boys Town, the first officially recognized gay neighborhood in a major American city. 
But that stretch was a gay enclave decades earlier. So how did Boys Town become Boys Town? We're working on a story, and we would love your help. Do you have photos, memorabilia, or memories to share with us from the 70s or earlier? If so, write us at CuriousCity at WBEZ.org or message us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also leave us a message at 888-789-7752. Thanks. Next time on Curious City. Chicago is being invaded by people from New York and L.A. who want our old style and old style life. Why? Because they don't have a double brewed beer with a big taste. That's why. This week's question. How did old style beer, not exactly a beer critic's favorite, become so associated with Chicago? The signs are still everywhere in the city. And according to Chicago bartenders, it's still popular. Old style's prestige in Chicago. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Before we start the show, we here at Curious City want to let you in on a little-known fact about WBEZ. 89% of all our funding comes from community support, including contributions from curious listeners like you. If this program has changed how you see Chicago, please consider supporting this program at wbez.org slash curious. Thank you.